For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Over 5 million people play football in the USA and here to bring it to you in the raw, uncut, unadulterated is the undisputed number one sports show in Atlanta and abroad. 100 yards of football live from headquarters. It's more than a game, more than a show. It's where football blends culture, economics, and society. Tap in, tune in, and lock in to 100 yards of football now. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. It's August. The grass is being cut. And it's football time in America. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 100 Yards of Football. Where today, Vincent Turner is joined by Mr. Luke Winstow. And they will preview the top 10 Georgia high school football recruits in the great state of Georgia. Finishing up strong as potash with the Clemson Tigers team preview for 2022. Stick and stay right here with Luke Winstrel and Vincent Turner on 100 Yards of Football. If you like the video today, please come in and share it. I surely appreciate it here on 100 Yards of Football. God is so good. I, I, I don't want to get spiritual this morning, but 100 Yards of Football have brought some very talented people as our guests. We have a former NFL great that's a 12-year veteran as part of our platform. And we had some guests in the past, like Mr. Daniel Kelly, former NFL scout with the New York Jets. But I'm so thankful and so honored Today, to me personally, we got the greatest guy right now that's covering high school football in Georgia. And he's a guy that does inside work with the Clemson Tigers. And the one thing about this young man that I see him on social media, he's a guy that's working. He's a guy that's interviewing. He's a guy that's working 24-7. That's why when it's all said and done, I'm 62 years old, and I don't know how long I got on this face of the earth. But it wouldn't be surprising to me down the road this young man becomes Tony Barnhart, the man, college football. So let me bring him up. I don't have to say no more about him. St. Pius, by way of the University of Georgia, 
covering Clemson football, Mr. Luke Winston. Join us here on 100 Yards of Football. How you doing, Mr. Luke? Doing great, Vincent. Thank you for having me on. How are you today? Hey, I cannot complain, man. I'm very happy, very excited. You coming aboard with us is a very honor. It's a very blessing. And a lot of people want to know about this high school scene with all your top 10 Georgia high school recruits of 2023. So let's get started, Mr. Luke. Your number 10 recruit. Tell us about him, and let's rock and roll this morning here on 100 Yards of Football. Perfect. Well, here we go. we've got a dynamic 2023 class, a group that in Georgia as a whole has come together. And at first, I think I was wondering if it'd be quite as strong as maybe the 22 or the 24 class, but it really has come together well. And we look at the depth in the top 10 that is really astoundingly good, especially for this state. And you look at number 10, Raul Aguirre. Everyone calls him Popo. He goes to Whitewater High School. He'll be headed, at least as of now, to go play football in college at Miami. And the thing with Raul that really stands out to me is just freak athlete. He could play as a receiver, tight end on the offensive side of the ball. He has a really unique charisma to him as well. He motivates his teammates. He's very well liked. He's the kid that is the huge guy on the sidelines that all the younger kids in middle school, the JV team, they look up to Raul, and he has really been a strong role model for a lot of them. He's got a couple of brothers or really a, a family that really looks up to him as he's a good role model for his younger brothers like Markel, and he's the type of character you want on your team, but also the type of athlete that could be molded into pretty much any position on a football team, whether it's linebacker or someone that can – stop the run game, even get after the passer. And offensively, if Miami wanted him to, I'm sure he could contribute there. But a defensive future superstar. What I like about the young man, like I said, I saw where, as you just said, he committed to Miami. But I like his production. See, I like players that have production. He only played in eight games last year, 80 tackles. That's almost 10 tackles a game. But he going to Miami, so... Obviously, Mario Cristobal saw something in him like a Bernard Clark, a Dan Morgan, a Dan Smith, and he got some of that little Jesse Armstead in him. All great former Miami linebackers. But who comes in your list at number nine? Number nine for me is going to be Gabriel Harris out of Valdosta. When it comes to his situation, he came in, transferred in. It's been a little rocky with him trying to get the immediate eligibility to play in Georgia. Uh, for me, I hope that works out for him and he's able to play the way that he intended to his senior year. Harris is one that committed to Georgia at the high school level. I think teams are going to have a huge problem trying to stop him this year because of his speed. There's some players that are just a gear ahead. Gabriel Harris might be two gears ahead. The way that he plays, it seems like he's slimmed down. He's become leaner. He's one of those players, Vincent, that you look at and you say, that is the most athletic guy on this field. And he stands out immediately. He's got the height. He's got the length. There's nothing that about his frame or size would really stop him from becoming a great next level player at Georgia and eventually someone that could entice people even at the pro level because of the attributes that he has and the way that he is already at a young age coming into his senior year developing 
as a rusher and someone that could get after the quarterback well? Well, I look at Mr. Harris. I look at him, like I said, like you just mentioned, Mr. Luke, that 6'4", 237 frame. But, man, coming off the edge, he kind of puts me back in a freshman that came out a year before I did in high school. He's got a little bit of Hugh Green that went to Pitt, Natchez, Mississippi. A guy I seen playing high school that was a year ahead of me out of Nashville, EJ Jr. But if you really want to say these things about Mr. Harris, you got something like Kayvon Thibodeau in him. So let's go to number eight on your list, Mr. Luke. Number eight, Georgia is very, very loaded at the tight end position right now. And one of the top guys is Jelani Thurman out of Langston Hughes High School. Thurman, they call him Tank. He is another guy that as soon as you walk out, I went to go visit Langston Hughes practice. I knew they had Thurman. Didn't really know what he looked like at the time. I was just getting introduced to their program. And I walk out. I think he's wearing 33 in practice. I immediately looked at the coach. I was like, gosh, he was 33. I mean, the wingspan, the catch radius is something that would be easy to talk about. It comes to everybody's head as soon as you see him. If they throw the ball up, he's got a quarterback that's a four-star. So Thurman's got a lot of opportunities to make fantastic catches. And he is one of those guys that – has every tool you need, especially at the high school level, because you can't guard him with a linebacker. You can't really guard him with a safety. You can try him with a corner, but right now it's just instant mismatches at almost every level of the game with Thurman. It's one thing that really has helped him dominate the GHSA and just trying to help him bring his team back to the state championship game this year where they were runner-ups last year. But Thurman's projectability is just through the roof. Ohio State's going to love him. He's another target that they just dream of having to complement that receiver group. When I think about Mr. Thurman, like you said, he's going to Ohio State, so he's following history. Michael Thomas, Chris Carter, David Boston, Joy Galloway. So he's going to be very, very liked and well-loved when you get to Ohio State. Number seven on your list. Number seven, now we move into the offensive line. Madden Sanker out of South Paulding, that Douglasville, Paulding area of Georgia, has produced good players in the past. We just don't see as much of that four- to five-star level talent from there as we do from some of the other areas of Georgia. But that area is very strong this year. And Madden Sanker is one of the headliners, if not the headliner from that area as you start to get a little more west of Atlanta. But Sanker is one that his personality stands out. He's a funny guy. People like to be around him. And then when you get on the field, people don't like to be around him because he is a ferocious blocker, pancakes left and right. He's one of the types of players that you say, okay, when he's on the field, you immediately know. You don't always know with offensive linemen. But with Sanker, when I was at the Georgia Elite Classic, Back in December, I was looking through the offensive line and I was like, man, he is absolutely paving the way. He's got that attitude that you want for an offensive lineman. And he'll be a great fit at Louisville, who really has impressed me with the way they've recruited Georgia. And Sanker's been a big part of that. Hats off to Scott Sinersfield, the head coach of Louisville. You think of Louisville, man. 
When you look at football, you think of Lamar Jackson. And then most of our Louisville, let's face reality, it's a basketball school. But to come out here and get this young man, Mr. Sander, out of Paulding County, Douglasville, Georgia, that's where I live. It's exciting. Douglasville is on the map. Don't be jealous. We got football players down here. Number six on your list, sir. Number six, we've got Ethan Davis out of Collins Hill. And Davis is one that puts on an absolute show. He's another one like Thurman at the tight end position. Catch radius at the high school level. I can't even begin to tell you how you might want to defend him because it's just not going to happen. Collins Hill had a lot of options. And Davis is a cool story. He really got into football because one of the coaches said, hey, if you go out for football, you'll be a D1 guy. And he said, okay, coach, you know, and just went out and did it. And Travis Hunter, five-star last year, drew a ton of attention, a ton of scouts at Collins Hill. And when those coaches, college coaches, scouts were looking at the team as a whole, they said, okay, Travis is the next big thing, but what about the other guy that's catching balls? What about that Ethan Davis, I think that number nine jersey that he wore, they look at him and say, wait, he could play on that same power five level or whatever level he chooses. And Ethan blew up. He committed to Tennessee during the winter. And all of a sudden, for him, he's continued to develop. He's a little newer to the game than some of the other <laughs> tight ends or receiving threats we've talked about. So for him, I think a lot of development is ahead in his future. His best football is well ahead of him. When I think about Mr. Davis, man, like you said, I'm looking at his size, 6'5", 210, but he can run like a deer. But what I'm looking at is that, hey, there's one tight end that came to Oklahoma in 1984, no, 1985. He was a freshman out of Little Rock Parkville. I think Mr. Davis has got a little bit of Keith Jackson in him. Big fast, a guy that can get deep. And I'm so proud because he's going on the hill at the University of Tennessee. Committed to them. Trayvon Flowers, thank you. My best, Tennessee. Rocky Top is coming back with Josh Heupel. Mr. Luke, who comes in at number five on your list? Number five, we're going with our first Alabama commit. We've got Dylan Lonergan, four-star Dylan out of Brookwood has had hype around him for a long time. He's got a great throwing motion, very consistent and repeatable. He also plays baseball. He's an athletic person. And when you look at Lonergan, the number one thing I think of is playmaker. And it's maybe not in the way that you think of when you look at the eye test. When he gets off the bus, you say, okay, you know, what is this, a pocket passer? And sure, he passes well, but his ability to scramble, to move around the field, to make whatever play is necessary. He'll run. He'll put his body on the line at the goal line. He's somebody that really is an engine of a Brookwood team that's had a lot of change over the past few years through transfers and different things that have happened. They've had to move new pieces in in different places, and Lonergan has been able to really make the team around him better, and that's what impresses me most. My question to you right quick, when you look at Mr. Lodigan, um, very surprised he went to Alabama, chose Alabama over Stanford. And the reason I say, you look at all 
the competition Alabama's had at the quarterback position over the last few years, Jalen Hurts, Tua, now you got Bryce Young. I just thought he'd be a more perfect fit at Stanford. What do you think was the really selling tool of him signing with Alabama? I think the big tool is that he's a competitor. He believes in himself. And wherever he has gone in his career, Dylan has made plays. It's doesn't matter the stage. doesn't matter whether he's in the opening games like he will be again this year at the Corky Kell Tournament, Corky Kell Classic and Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Wherever he is, he's made plays. And he believes in that ability. He brings up the team around him. He's got the character and the type of mentality that says, hey, Alabama is the cream of the crop. That's where the best players go to compete. And it sounds like that's really what has got him sold. He's one of the best players, and he'd like to go compete there. Yeah, well, my thing is is that I was just saying that he had Stanford on this list as really the next school in line, everybody thought he was um, really leaning to Stanford, but man, it's hard as a quarterback to get on the field. You know, you got some special, special players if you follow. And then I'm looking at him from a standpoint. He's also an outstanding baseball player, correct? He's got a 90 mile hour fastball. And to me personally, I think Stanford would have been a better, a better fit. When you look at the quarterbacks of Stanford, John Elway, a former baseball player. Andrew Luck, a former baseball player. Jim Plunkett, a former baseball player. Davis Mills, who's now started for the Houston, Texas, was a former baseball player. Frankie Albert, back in the 40s, was a former baseball player. And the great John Brody. That's just me personally. I thought he'd be a better fit at Stanford. But let's move on to number four on your list. So number four coming in here, we've got an absolute wrecking ball of an offensive lineman, Bo Hewley from Langston Hughes. He's a really interesting guy I've enjoyed talking to. You know, we'd be off air and he's real talkative, but on air when we're on the record, he's a man of really a few words when it comes to that public scene. And he's very clear and very direct with what he wants to say and what he really believes. And for Bo, it's all about the big goals, about the state championships, regardless of what his role may be at different points on the team. He is ready to be a leader and be someone that can be a strong rock and foundation that you look for out of an offensive tackle who provides the leadership without the ego. I think it's easy to say. And Bo is one that really is about the team, about the accomplishments, about getting the job done. And he is very focused on that. And of course, when you look at his attitude on the field, it is really fun to watch. He wrecks opposing defenses and he's one that with his size immediately pops off the chart, but the way that he uses it, his technique, his hands are pretty advanced as well. And Hewley is going to be a huge addition right now. He's committed to Georgia. There's been rumors of flips and everything else involved, but whoever ends up getting him has got an absolute prize on the offensive line and an easy underclassman contributor at the power five level. When I think about this young man, and obviously Langston Hughes this year is going to have that team because I'm seeing they got a lot of talent. But going back to Mr. Hooley, I like his size, 6'7", 290. So my final words, when I look at him overall, and I will be going to see Langston Hughes play this year, is that when I think about the young man, man, that size sticks out. 6'7", 290. All I can say, Mr. Luke, Orlando Pace! Orlando Pace! The Ohio State Buckeyes.
Mr. Luke, who comes in at number three on your list? Number three is where we really start getting interesting here in terms of the prospects that people would project. And some reporters would even say, hey, these guys have got not just next level potential, but future pro potential for sure. More so here. So we look at the guy number three on my list is Justice Haynes out of Buford. He is a running back. He was at Blessed Trinity. He was shredding up the entire league and then eventually decided that for his senior year, he's going to head over to Buford. Buford is arguably the most talented team in Georgia. There's a few teams like Langston Hughes, Grayson, Mill Creek's really talented too, and a few others. But those are the teams that you look at, especially in terms of recruiting stars that are absolutely loaded, almost like a fantasy football team in a way of just, you know, who's your guy at this position? Oh, he's a four-star. Who's your guy at that spot? He's a four-star. It's just kind of how it goes over there. And at Buford, adding Justice Haynes to an offensive line that's got Paul Mabanga, senior power five commit as well. Now Haynes gets to run behind him and a lot of players at Buford that will end up as D1 guys on the offensive line. So he's upgraded in terms of the types of running lanes and protection that he'll have. He's gone to the highest and most competitive classification in Georgia. That is definitely a top five, maybe top three, most competitive class in the country. So that's what's changed for Haynes. And then when you look at his skill set, the vision's advanced. His dad played in the NFL. He's got all the tools he needed. He picked Alabama because he wanted to really make his own way. It sounds like that'd been something that he'd thought about for a while. He wanted to figure out, instead of going to Georgia like his dad did, find his own path and move forward in that direction, which was Alabama, an RBU-type school as well. And for Haynes, the vision is impressive. The production has always been impressive. Look for, you know, a 1,000 yards before week eight this year. <laughs> the way that he's going, I mean, it'll be tougher in 7A, but he's one of those guys that, is a rare type that could put up 200 yards in a game, and we might not even be all that surprised. Now I'm going to get with a little controversial here on 100 Yards Football with you, Mr. Luke Wilson. Um, everybody and their mama thought he was going to Georgia, hands down, because his daddy played with the head coaches over there now, Kirby Smart. Georgia coming off a national championship. All the fans around the state of Georgia just knew they had this young man. But I'm sorry, Buck Maloo. I'm sorry, Joy T. I'm sorry, Kirby Smart. I'm sorry that you're coming off a national championship. I love the young man of mine because he decided to go to Alabama, the arts rival. And I remember what his dad said. Remember, his dad is famous for catching that touchdown in 2001 against Tennessee. Varon. And I like what Mr. Varon Haynes said. He said, my young baby is trying to make his own way. And I would like to been somewhere on social media after Mr. Justin Haynes committed to Alabama with some of the Texas he got from, from Georgia fans. That was one key recruit that the dogs wanted. <clears throat> Let's be real. So to all you Georgia fans out there, and remember, I'm a Tennessee fan. By the way, I'm Memphis State in basketball. It didn't happen. You're not going to get the top recruit here in 2023 out of the state of Georgia. 
He's going to Alabama. And that's what I love about him. And then what I love about him, I went back and watched a little tape on him in Blessed Trinity. And see, you look at all these great high school running backs that came in the history of high school football. And you always say, the great ones, do they have what it takes to get to the NFL? And I've been in this great area since 1996. I moved here from Memphis, Tennessee. And I think I've seen a lot of great running backs on the college level that came out of high school. Emmett Smith, Pensacola. Herschel Walker, Wrightsville. Earl Campbell, Tyler, Texas. Tony Dorsett out of the Pittsburgh area. Derrick Henry out of Florida. Red Granger out of Illinois. Jim Brown out of New York. Marcus Allen out of Lincoln High School in San Diego. Billy Sims out of Hooks, Texas. And Eric Dixon out of Sealy. All those gentlemen went to the NFL. And I thank Justin Haynes when it's all said and done. It's going to be the next great high school running back to be in the National Football League. Kudos to you, Justin Haynes, for committing to Alabama. Sorry, dogs. Sorry, Joey T. Sorry, Buck Baloo. Who's number two on your list, Mr. Luke Whistle? Number two comes in with a absolute monster. Vic Burley out of Warner Robins. Some people have him as a four in terms of stars, four star. I've got him as a five star. I uh, know that covering Clemson, people might say, oh, you know, you're biased towards the team that you're covering. You're, you know, you've seen them more, this or that. Well, I had Vic Burley as a five-star way before. And you can check back in the broadcast history that I've done with NFHS Network. And I've worked his games for a few years now, ever since he was a sophomore. And we saw it start to come as a sophomore where we say, okay, if he really develops into this body, if he gets the right mentorship, this is going to be one of those players that you don't forget watching at the high school level. That's, that's the minimum. And Vic Burley is going to be just that. And if you haven't already seen the tape from his scrimmage game, he's literally picking people up, turning them upside down and dropping them. He is blocking people into the end zone. He is someone that is relentless and people see that aggressive side to him on the field. But one thing that I think is even more impressive between his parents, he comes from a very academic background. So he's got the combination that is rare of the freak athlete that has good coaching, plays in a good program, is high academic. He's got literally almost every box, if not every box, checked off. And he's got it done before his senior season's even started. He's got the commitment locked in at Clemson. But I just think if you watch his highlights, it speaks for himself. No one can deal with his size because now he's learned how to use it. Last year, he was really good at using it. Now he's borderline great. He's found some really good trainers and coaches that have helped him put together the physical attributes, the long arms, the large hands, the ability to get after the quarterback. And he'll be absolutely terrorizing backfields as long as he's able to stay healthy this year because I know he'll get his fair share of double teams and people trying to maybe cut at him. And if he's able to sustain all of the different things that might happen to him this year, he'll be able to put together something and some kind of body of work that we really don't see very often. Man, what I like about the young man, Mr. Burley, is from Warren Robbins. 
And obviously his ability is almost similar to a young man that went to Florida State by the name of Ron Simmons. But when I think about him, he committed to Clemson. And Clemson is a type of team that always seemingly they've been very, very successful in getting defensive linemen. So Mr. Burley could be that next Chester McLaughlin, the next Michael and William Dean Perry, the next Nick Easton, the next Dexter Lawrence. Man, this guy is very special. I see him being a great, great defensive player at Clemson. Number one on your list and the number one player in the state of Georgia, Mr. Luke Winston. Number one out of Mill Creek, it's Caleb Downs. And I remember I interviewed Caleb about a year ago, almost exactly to the day. And I said, okay, you know, you've played your first two years or coming into your junior year. People are already talking about you having an advanced game. Well, part of the reason that he's got an advanced game, he comes from a football family, has a very high football IQ. His brother is Josh, the receiver at North Carolina, and a really good one at that. Someone that when I was voting on ACC, I had Josh Downs as a candidate to potentially be ACC player of the year for preseason voting. And when you look at the way that Caleb has come up through football, he's seen the recruiting process at the Power 5 level. He lets it play out, makes his date, picks Alabama. That was another tough miss for Georgia in recruiting to miss the number one player in the state, really. Downs is the consensus, and one thing that I find interesting is I've seen reporters come away, and these are some reporters that have really big names that come away and say, from an in-person evaluation, say, hey, that might be a first-round pick. And people really have that conviction with Caleb. The thing to me that I put together, having watched him for a little over a year now, is seeing that he's got a really good mindset to play as a defensive back at the next level. He is one that is very methodical, very purposeful in everything that he does on the field. Doesn't waste movement, doesn't waste energy. And he's an absolute playmaker. Sometimes you see guys that are highly rated and you say, okay, I didn't really notice a lot of them in that game. That doesn't happen if you watch Caleb Downs at Mill Creek. He finds a way to get involved, to make plays. When he's out there, you know who he is. He is one of those recruits that has been incredibly highly and incredibly well-hyped, but continues to live up to it. So that hype train coming into his senior year is building to points that are really not quite the Travis Hunter, Arch Manning level, but just a notch under that as the state's top recruit and an Alabama commit five-star. The thing about this young man that you just brought up, he has a brother that's going to be highly rated in the 2023 draft, NFL draft, the wide receiver position out of North Carolina. But I did some research and called some people that I know live in that area around Mayo Creek, uh, where he went to high school at. The young man, I believe, is six, even 185, and some gentlemen told me, some of my best friends told me, they said, Vincent, when you look at a guy that's playing a safety position, if he's able to gain 20 to 25 pounds, get down at the University of Alabama, play at 210, he could be the best safety that's came through Alabama. That's saying a lot because Tommy Wilcox, Mark Barron, Xavier McKinley, Mitchell Fitzpatrick. But when I asked my certain friends about him, I said, man, what 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 is so great about him? And one of my friends ain't going to put his name out there. He said, Vincent, I'm going to tell you this. 
he puts about 15, 20 pounds on. The young man has some of that Kenny Houston, Perry View, Washington Redskins, Houston Oilers. He got some of that Kenny Easley, UCLA, Seattle Seahawks. He got some of that Joy Browner, USC, the Minnesota Vikings. He's got some of that Darren Woodson, Arizona State, Dallas Cowboys. And don't be surprised from an athletic standpoint, he's got some of that little Brian Dawkins, Philadelphia Eagles, Clemson Tigers. This guy told me, if everything works out, he's going down to Alabama, they put some weight on him. He could be one of the most special safeties that's ever played that game. And even I'm going to draw in there Troy Palomaro, USC Pittsburgh Steelers. So Mr. Luke, out of all these top 10 players that's on your list, which player is going to make a immediate impact coming into their freshman season in college football? Yeah, I definitely love that question because when we profile and we're looking at players, we like to get a good idea of, okay, no matter where they go, are they an underclassman contributor? Are they an immediate contributor? What does their role look like? And then you got to weigh in once they commit. What is that going to look like? I could see a lot of a few players. Madden Sanker, I think, in Louisville has got a great case for early time, especially if he meets that size requirement, whatever it may be that they're looking for. If he's able to, and I think he already is, but if he isn't as close to meeting exactly what they're looking for in an offensive lineman, I could see him getting some early time there would make sense if they want to cash in on that investment into his recruitment and building that relationship. I would also say that I think Bo Healy, no matter where he goes, is someone that should get some kind of immediate time. He'll go to a big, maybe an SEC school. I know he's committed to Georgia right now, but there's all kinds of rumors around it. So we'll say wherever he ends up, I could see him making an early case. I think Haynes will get some early carries. I think no matter how deep Clemson is on the defensive line, Vic Burley is going to find his way into underclassmen playing time. I think it's his nature. I think that he is that type of competitor that even in a stacked room like Clemson, once he signs on there, is going to be something where he's able to compete with some of the best already at that level. And of course, Caleb Downs, Mill Creek, People say he's a plug-and-play type at safety. You just talked a good bit about him as well. He's someone that I could see. So that's probably four guys that I think make a really good case to play quickly no matter where they go. But the rest of them all could too. It's just those are maybe some of the clearer ones that I see. Now let's switch gears and talk our little college football talk that we're going to have today to end the show. Let's talk about a team that you cover right quickly, the Clemson Tigers. And I guess my only question is Clemson went 10-3 and last year. But I realized from a football standpoint, this is a team that had a lot of injuries. But will Clemson, in my view, and a lot of people's views out there, will they be back in the college football playoffs this year? And will Dabo Sweeney have them back, being in one of them top four teams? Plain and simple. Will Clemson be back in the college football playoffs? I do believe they will. I think there's a few reasons why when you look at it, first off, they're going to have 
if not the best, the top three defensive line in college football. That group is absolutely insane getting to watch between Brian Greasy and Miles Murphy. I mean, you pick names and just insert KJ Henry is one that I love as a leader of that group. The offensive line has come back. Walker Parks has significantly made an improvement this year, and he's ready to step in as a leader. The offensive line is getting better. Jordan McFarland adds on there. That helps out, of course, the quarterback. DJ Uyagalele, and with DJ, he's taken a step forward mentally. It's been an interesting thing to observe what the people around the program say about him because they talk about how he's really learned to handle criticism. He's learned mentally a lot that has helped him mature, and that's been the biggest difference for Clemson. Dabo Sweeney doesn't stick his neck out like crazy for a player very often but we've seen him really put his uh his reputation out there for dj the way he's talked about dj if Dabo is wrong it's not a great look because he's been so confident in his quarterback so we know that the confidence for Dabo is something that is very real it's not something that he's just trying to manufacture to get people off dj's back he's out there and really supports his quarterback and DJ was a five-star he was one of those basically can't miss type players coming out of high school he played a couple of games not last year but the year before looks good last year was a little rougher but he's worked on the decision making and really what it comes down to for Clemson is how much has DJ improved and how is the team around him going to form at running back Clemson fans should be very confident in Will Shipley He has a lot of ownership, a lot of leadership-type responsibility that he feels and puts on himself. He's an impressive young player. And that receiver, if that group can stay healthy, Clemson has always had good receivers. They have a very good chance. Yes, sir, as Mr. Luke Wilson was telling us his preview about the Clemson Tigers. But I'm going to tell you point blank what I think about Clemson this year if they're going to be back in the playoffs. Number one. Will Shipley has got to be Travis Antheon. Number two, DJU has got to get better play from the offensive line. And then number three, when you look at Clemson and success, that's always had good defenses over the last six years, but it's the receiver position. Deshaun Watson had Michael Williams and Hunter Renfro. Trevor Lawrence had T. Higgins and Amari Rogers. So to me, it's very simple. Clemson has got to stay healthy, but Will Shipley has got to be Travis Etienne. And the receivers, Joseph Naga, out of California, you have not lived up to expectations. Because Clemson is going to have a top-rated defense. It's no question about it. Looking at the Tigers, they might have seven players that go in the first two rounds. And at least five off the defense that could go in the first round. We're going to say Georgia, too, in the 2023 NFL draft. Miles Murphy, Brian Breezy. Xavier Henry, I mean, Xavier Thomas, KJ Henry, Trenton Simpson. They got some serious firepower. So that's my opinion about the Clemson Tigers for 2022. Mr. Luke, are you still there with us? I am here. Sorry, I think it cut out there, but I've got you. Okay, your final words about the Clemson Tigers. Final words about the Clemson Tigers. I think they will surprise people after the Cheese at Bowl last year. People are a little down on the program, but. They've recruited well in the past. They continue to recruit well. 
a lot of buy-in is around this program. And the two new coordinators, both offensively and defensively, seem to have adjusted well. People speak positively of them. Things are absolutely looking up at Clemson. People are pointing to the NC State game as a really good ruler and benchmark for how this year is going to be. But right now, the confidence in Shipley for me is very high on a personal level. The confidence in the D-line is high. And the offensive line continues to take strides. So for Clemson, it seems like they are well positioned, at least on paper, here in the talking season part of the calendar. They look like they're in a good position to get that ACC championship appearance at minimum and move on to the college football playoff potentially because they do have that firepower that we've seen. It might not be quite as apparent yet, but especially if players like Joseph and Gata can stay healthy, it's going to be very impressive what Clemson can put together this year. If you liked the video today, please come in and share it. It's been a great honor. A blessing and a pleasure to have Mr. Luke Winslow come on and talk about his top 10 high school players in Georgia high school football in 2023. And it's very special as he broke down the Clemson Tigers. Before we end our show today, we'd like to mention one more time, this show is presented by Bet Online. So if you like the video today, please come in and share. We surely appreciate it here at 100 Yards Football. Thank you to our producer, Mr. Logan Landers, and to Mr. Luke Winslow again. For joining us here on 100 Yards Football. Final word, Mr. Winston, you, you want to say anything before we leave today? Final word. It's been an honor to be on the show. Thank you so much for your time, Vincent. And good luck with everything going forward. If you like the video, one more time, please come in and share it. I'm Vincent Turner here at 100 Yards Football. Be blessed. What is your favorite moment from football history? What teams and players are you cheering on? And who will win it all? We want to hear from you, our listeners. Head over to 100 Yards of Football Sports Talk Radio's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch and leave us a comment. We might use your suggestion in an upcoming episode. Tune in daily to the podcast and watch our show live every week. We are 100 Yards of Football Sports Talk Radio on the Believe Podcast Network. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.